Not too many years back, my traveling companions and I were fortunate to accept the invitation of the abbot of St. Michael's Abbey in Farnborough, England, uh, to spend a few days at their monastery. The uh, abbey is probably about 30 minutes outside of London, and uh, it's, a, it's an older abbey and Benedictine, and they only do the uh, Latin masses. There's, there's no English uh, spoken in, in the liturgies there. But we have to have to spend a few days there. And if you know much about monasteries, they're very dependent upon their guests and upon generous donors to keep their upkeep and to to build from the beginning, from the ground up. And it happened that St. Michael's was a blessed abbey in that in the 1880s, a woman whose husband had died and son had died, decided she was going to build this entire monastery uh, so that she could house her uh, husband and her son's remains. And she, uh, to this day, is also uh, buried there. But her, her husband was a little famous. He was Napoleon III, um, the emperor of France, um, after one and two, evidently. Um, so, and the son was Napoleon the Fourth. Uh, her name was Eugenie, and she gave all this money. Uh, she was a benefactor to the to the monastery, built this marvelous uh, edifice, very Gothic. Uh, and it was also when we were there, I remember it being kind of dark, uh, like a lot of monasteries. They 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 don't keep the lights on all day, uh, and uh, I took a lot of pictures of it. It was a great place, but I've been following them online for a number of years now, and they had another generous benefactor step forward and give them money to uh, restore the monastery. You can imagine it was built in the late 1800s, so um, there's a lot of uh, crud that gathers into the ceilings and on the statues and on the walls and windows, a lot of incense, a lot of candle wax, uh, and whatever else, uh, the heating uh, elements or whatever they use to heat the monastery. But lately, this, this second donor has stepped forward and given quite a bit of money for them to restore it. So every day, I look at the pictures that I took, and I look at the pictures that they're putting online as things are being restored, and there's such a big difference. It's so bright, so clean, so inviting. You know, the, the darkness is, is lifting, the darkness is, is, is going. And what was really underneath, what it probably looked like on the day that it was, it was built, uh, it, it's all showing again. And, and it's just marvelous. Now, why am I telling you that story? Because I think it matches today's transfiguration. Celebrating transfiguration, where Jesus really is showing deep inside to his, his disciples, to Moses, to Elijah. They're having this conversation. He becomes dazzling white. His face shines like the sun. He's showing all of us who he is inside. He is the God, the God Almighty. The God who is, the God who was, the God who will always be. And, and he shows that to us. And, and, I, and I think what it teaches us is that, you know, we ourselves are in our own little monastic way of living. After years of years of living in, in our sinfulness, in our pride, in our greed, in our selfishness, whatever else we can tag to ourselves, we've had years of buildup. We've had years of crud that hide who we really are. 
You know, we're, we're not allowing people to see us truly as God sees us. That the God who lives within us is just waiting to burst out of us as light. The God who is, who's living inside of us wants to help us to be, to be the light of Christ to others. To show forth the glory, the power, the majesty of God that already dwells in us. That we've hidden. That we've, we've damp, darkened. That we've blocked from public view. On my uh, feed on Friday, I talked about the stations. Uh, Simon helps uh, carry the cross. Veronica wipes the face and the women of Jerusalem, uh, five, uh, five, six, and eight. And, and, I, and I said, this reminds us of what we really are called to do. We're called to be there for each other. We're called there to be the light. We are, we are Christ bearers, Christians, who are, who are called to, to show forth the, the, the grandeur of God in our own lives. And, and how do we do that? Well, my suggestion was that we do it through the corporal works of mercy. That we take opportunities to let God shine as we feed the hungry, as we give drink to the thirsty, as we clothe the naked, as we shelter the homeless, we visit the sick and the imprisoned, and even when we bury the dead. God is there. God is shining through us. God is, is, is transfiguring us to become more like him. And we might say, well, you know, how do, I, how do I do that? Well, it's easy. We've had the best benefactor possible. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. God has paid the ransom. Christ has given his life for us so that we too might shine. In this second week of Lent, let us be the light of Christ. Let us, let us shine forth and restore ourselves with God's grace and God's help to what he meant us to be.